Today, I want to share with you a new message, a teaching that was specifically scheduled for this convention with one aim in mind, one desire. This message was designed to bless you, to help you, so that the enemy will no longer be able to have the upper hand in your life. There are many of us who have gone through deliverance prayers, but again and again we find that the devil seems to be coming back. Today you're delivered, tomorrow they're back. Today you're delivered, tomorrow they're back. So I'm thinking today on how can we make it permanent. Today the oppression is great. Financial frustration, business frustration, failure here, disappointment here and there. And you don't want that to continue again. But then it keeps coming back. So we want to talk about closing negative spiritual doorways. Closing negative spiritual doorways. Closing negative spiritual doorways. Closing negative spiritual doorways. Did you get that title? What did I say is the title? So when I mean doorways, I mean entrance points into your life. What gives the devil access to your life? Spiritual doorways are entrance points of evil spirits, of problems into a man's life. A spiritual doorway is a door opened by a person knowingly or unknowingly. You may know about it. You may not even be aware of it. But this door is opened by you that allows an evil spirit to gain access to your life. This doorway allows an evil spirit to gain access to your life. And until these doors are closed, the spirits will continue to enjoy free access. Undisturbed, unrestricted access to the person's life. Permanent deliverance is not possible as long as these doors remain open. And so you need to shut them. After demons are driven out, Jesus told us that they will go looking for a place to, to stay, a new home. He referred to it as a desert, desert places. Looking for a new home to stay. And if they find one, they say, let me go back to my former house. Let me go back to my former house. Let me go back to my former house. Everybody say, let me go back to my former house. And that's an interesting Interesting truth. And why is he going back? He wants to see if he can still occupy that person again. He wants to see if he can still get entrance into the person's life. And most of the time, we allow the devil to come in. Matthew chapter 12. I like to read verse 34. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places. Kim J says, walk through dry places. Seeking rest and does not find it. Then he says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds a house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then he goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they go in and live there, and the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Did you get that? That is how it will be with this wicked generation. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want you to know the devil is not happy leaving you. So usually we force the devil out. We drive him out. We man pressure on him. We force him to vac vacate, to live the person's life. 
And I need you to understand this. And so when they leave, they usually would like to come back. He said, let me go back to my former house. Then after he goes back to his former house, what happens? What happens? He said, if he finds it empty, unoccupied, that means the person has not submitted and surrendered to Jesus. He said, the spirit will go and get seven other spirits, each of them stronger than himself, and that person's condition becomes worse than before. And that's why some people always encourage people, uh, and they say, please don't do deliverance for anyone who is not willing to be delivered. Please don't pray for anyone who is not ready to follow Jesus because the person's condition will become worse than before. Now, why did I say this to you? I just want you to know that the devil doesn't want to leave. And so you must do everything within your power to make sure that you shut the devil out. Close every door through which he has always gained entrance into your life. So I want to be discussing some of the doorways this morning. And I hope you will take note of them and then go to work on yourself and close those doors. And once you close those doors and lock them properly, the enemy will never be able to regain control of your life. Your oppression will finally, permanently come to an end in Jesus' name. Some of the doorways are, one, evil binding covenants personally entered into or entered into by another on your behalf or inherited from your ancestors. If there is no, no covenant, it is very difficult for the enemy to come into a man's life. There has to be a legal grounds upon which the devil will gain entrance and operate. If you don't give him the legal grounds, he will not be able to succeed over you. You can easily kick him out. But if he has a legal ground, a binding covenant, an agreement that was made either by you or someone made it on your behalf. You know sometimes somebody can make a covenant on your behalf. Someone can make a dedication. Your father can, your mother can, even a friend can on your behalf. And then not only that, you can inherit some from your father's or your mother's lineage. So as long as there is a covenant in place, the spirits will keep coming. You drive the devil, it will come back again. You drive him today, it will come back again. You fast and pray, and command the spirit to go, they will go and they will return again. They pray for you because the covenant has not been specifically addressed. It has not been specifically addressed. Now, this is a case of a young lady who the mother made a covenant with the devil and because of that, the spirit gained entrance into her life and when she wanted to be free, she was tired of the oppression she was going through. She wanted to be free. And so they began to minister. We began to minister to her. And in one of those occasions, the spirit said, I will not go anywhere except the mother comes and breaks the covenant. And what was the covenant? It was not that the mother went out seeking for, you know, the devil to come and help. She just had a dream in the night. And in that dream, she went to the market. As she was coming back from the market, some, a little girl followed her home. That was in the dream. It was only a dream. That's what we always say, only a dream. So she woke up. She shared the dream with the husband. The husband went and consulted, you know, those who don't believe in God. And they said, ah, that's the local has visited you. Then the native doctor told them what to do. She would go naked, face the moon in the middle of the night, around 12 midnight, and then take some eggs and some other things and told her what to say. And that was it. And she said it so that that one will stay. But that was the covenant she made that sold the girl over to the devil. And now the girl was tired of the frustrating life she was living and she wanted to be free but the spirit said she will not go anywhere except the mother comes and breaks the covenant so no matter who prays for her the girl was never free if she be in if the spirit leave the spirit will return if the spirit leave the spirit will return the problem will ease out and then the problem will come back so there are many of us who go through things like this we pray we fast and then the thing returns we pray we fast and then the thing returns we pray we fast and then the thing does what returns but it will no longer be so after today in Jesus' name. Because you will do what is necessary. And what is that? I want you to identify what covenant that is in place. And sometimes we pray some funny prayers. Every covenant in Jesus' name I break. It doesn't always work like that. You've got to be specific. Hello, somebody. You've got to be what? I didn't hear you. Specific. If you don't know anything about your past, the best thing to do is make investigations. Ask your parents. Ask your mom. Ask your dad. What is the story surrounding my birth? 
Did you go anywhere? Did you make any agreement with anybody? Did any native doctor ask you to do something? Did you sue an oath? Did you go before any water spirit or any demon spirit or something? Is there a covenant with the devil in our family? What do they worship? You may no longer be worshiping it. Your parents may no longer be worshiping it. But the fact that they are no longer worshiping it does not mean the covenant is not in place. And there was this story that uh, Barista Mekanwakpa, who is a foremost minister when it comes to deliverance and prayers and land liberation. They were the people that started land liberation in Nigeria. Now, this man, he told us the story of this young girl who was a student of UNIFE at that time because he was uh, in that area at IFE, ministering. And so this young lady came to him and said, every time they're about to go back to school, all the chicken their father have in the poultry, all of them will die one night. One night, all the chicken will die. So there'll be no money to pay school fees, no money to send them back to school. And they are Christians, they are born again. They can't uh, follow boyfriend and do sugar daddy stuff and get money. So what do we do? We are tired. This thing is repeating itself over and over again. And it's, it's a continuous thing. So the man will run around, run around, look for money, send them, borrow here, borrow there, start all over again. And anytime they want to go back to school again, it's time to pay the fees and all that. The same thing will happen. So it was like an annual event. And so that faithful day, as he was talking, the Lord was gracious. He gave a word of knowledge to the man. And the man asked the question. He said, uh, was there an idol that your family used to worship before. And so she quickly remembered that there used to be an idol that their family some time ago, she was told, used to worship. But there was no more idol. They have removed the idol. And then suddenly she remembered that that idol, the place where the idol was, was the same place where the poultry farm was built. In other words, the poultry farm was built on top of the disused shrine, the very place where the spirit occupied. Then the man asked, what was it that you normally, they normally sacrifice to the idol? And then the girl, the eyes, said the eyes popped open like saucer. He said chicken. So the man said, the, the spirit is collecting all the years of chicken that they have not given to him. So he now told them how to go before that same place and denounce the spirit, break the covenant, and command the spirit to leave. And they did that, and that was the end of that problem. Do you understand? Very simple thing, identification. You need to identify the specific covenants. Don't be in a hurry. Otherwise, you will pray this prayer many times, and then you will think it does not work, and you think God does not care about you. If there is a covenant, the door is open, and the covenant must be identified, and the covenant must be broken. Find out the names of the idols, the names of the spirits that your ancestors worship. If you personally made some deals with the devil, some covenants, they cut some things into your body, you made some agreements, you have this water spirit stuff or whatever, witchcraft spirit, you need to break them, renounce them before you can be free. The legal grounds that they have must be terminated and then you, and only then can you be totally free. Did you hear what I said? Number two is curses. Another doorway is curses. There are some that are inherited we call them generational curses or inherited curses, curses that are passed on through the bloodline. If there is a curse in place, affliction may continue. The problem may persist. But if you want to terminate it and close the door, then you must identify the cause and deal with the curse. And there are some curses that are not inherited, but some are personally brought upon ourselves. We personally bring them upon ourselves. The Bible talks about the law of sowing and reaping. We may have done some things that we are paying for. And you cannot just say, you cause I break you in Jesus' name. You've got to deal with the issue. You've got to plead for yourself. You've got to do some repentance. And then using the scriptures and the blood of Jesus, addressing them and asking for mercy. There are some that your parents placed on you because of the wrong things you have been doing to them. Insulting them and abusing them. And they constantly curse and abuse you. And these things do come to pass. If you study your Bible, you discover that parents have power to bless and curse their children. There are people in the Bible who bless their children and they came to pass. And there are those who curse their children and their curse came to pass. Have you ever wondered why the land of Canaan was given to Israel? It was to fulfill a curse that Noah pronounced upon the, his own grandson. Ham had insulted him. He saw him. The man was drunk and naked. Instead of him to cover him, he went and told his brothers, laughing, come and see daddy. Daddy don't shag. The guy don't naked. So those ones who were wise enough, they refused to look at the man. 
they went with their back, taking a cloth or like something like a wrapper and covered him. So when he was told what his son did, he cursed Cain and his grandson. That's the Ham's son. Now some people say it was Ham that was caused. It was not Ham that was caused. It was his own son that was caused. That means Noah's grandson. And then he said he shall be a servant to Japhet. And the Israelites are descendants of Japhet. So their land was taken from, from them and given to Canaan to fulfill the curse that was pronounced. That was thousands of years later. So you see, curses always find fulfillment. So parental curses, some of us don't even think of that. We only think of witchcraft curses, marine curses, and all native daughter curses. We forget about parental curses. And some of you, you are struggling, and the problems you are having is not from witches or wizards. They are from the pronouncements of your fathers and your mothers against your life or your guardian who had authority over you to take care of you. So you need to deal with these causes. You need to identify them until they are addressed and broken. The door is still open. The oppression will come and go. You will fight it off. It will return again. But it has to be dealt with, and I trust God that God will help you to do that in Jesus' name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if there is a generational cause, a problem you see in your family, you can trace it in your father, your mother, or your uncle or auntie, or your brothers or sisters or your cousins, and you are not different from them, then you need to address them quickly. A young lady was wise. She noticed that everybody who gets married, all the sisters, I think five of them, each one that gets married, they always return back home. The one that gets married, some of them, and they were very fortunate to marry wealthy guys. And anyone that they marry, before you know what is happening, the man will be wrecked and become nothing, and the girl will return back home. Or something will happen, they always return. So she, now being the youngest, refused to get married. Now she was born again. And the man of God was asking, what's happening about marriage? Ah, I'm afraid, though. Because everybody who was married in my father's house, they always return home. I don't want to punish anybody, and I don't want to live a life, that, you know, a life of pain. So he said, what's the story? And then the lady began to talk. And then the man said, what was it that was worshipping your place? He said, the father used to have a stone. And so from all the investigations and the revelations and the discussion they had, it was obvious once each daughter is born, each child is born, the man will dedicate the thing to the stone that he worshipped. This was in Cameroon. And so all the daughters, the stone married all of them. That's the spirit behind the stone, married all of them. So anyone that goes to a husband's house will always come back and meet him and stay with him. So that was the story. And so they had to deal with it and break that curse, break that spell, and the lady was released. So you see, they, these things have to be dealt with. They, they don't make sense. They don't make human sense, right? But they are real. You may take these things for granted, but they don't take them for granted because in the world that we live in, there are spiritual forces. You may not accept them, but you need to address them. And once you are able to address them, then the problem is permanently addressed. Otherwise, you will have many night vigils and you will have many, 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 many prayer sessions. And I don't want that to continue. I want you to close this negative spiritual door and then it will be all over. And I see God making it happen in your life in Jesus' name. Now, number three is possession of demonic charms. There are people who come to church with things in their pocket. There are people who go everywhere with a ring that they did not buy from the market. You know, it's not, that, you know, it's not just a simple, normal ring, fancy ring. There are some things, enchantments on the rings. So, if you possess demonic charms, rings, powders, incense, oils, and different properties of different kinds, given to you by spiritualists or by a native doctor or by the occult, you can never be free. No matter how you subject yourself to deliverance, they will deliver you, pray for you, but you will see, find yourself in bondage. They will always come. I remember there was a man who was, had many things then in Benin in his house. So when he gave his life to Christ, he was told to deal with these things. So he brought out everything he could remember. But he did not know he forgot one. You know, sometimes we hide some of these things we don't remember. And so the problems kept coming. The man was struggling and they were praying. They were doing VGs. They were, you know, when you really want to break through and things are very tough and you cannot understand. It was, it, was, it was becoming a frustrating experience that I have given my life to Christ. I've subjected myself to deliverance. I've given up all the charms, all the armless, everything. So what is holding me? And then there came a prophecy that there is still one thing in your house. The man said, there's nothing. I used my own hand to bring all of them out. And they said, there is still something in your house. And so the man kept praying. And then one day, God was gracious to him. He remembered. 
behind one of the pictures he has in his, on his wall. You know the picture now? Picture frame. That was where he hid that one. And he never remembered it again. You know that sometimes you forget some things. And he forgot. So finally when he found it, that was how the yoke was broken. Before he knew what was happening, he had a breakthrough. Before he knew what was happening, he was out of the country. Praise God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that there are things that uh, we don't understand. But God helps us to understand them when we come to meetings like this. So that our eyes can be opened. So we're able to trace where the problems are coming from. If somebody ever gave you something, maybe a bottle of oil to rub. Say if you rub it, it will drive away evil spirits. There is no oil that drives away evil spirits. There's only one person who drives away evil spirit. Who is that person? Jesus. If it's in your life, evil spirit will go away. They give you handkerchief. If you put it in your pocket, nobody will know. It's just an handkerchief. You can use it to... If you want to talk to somebody, just use it to wipe your face and use it to rub your mouth. And you have been rubbing your mouth with the handkerchief. Eh? You have been rubbing the mouth with the handkerchief. And you think you'll be free with that handkerchief in your pocket. It is not possible. There are those who buy rings, all kinds of rings, love charm, this one, favor charm, this one, all kinds of rings, and they wear them. And you think that's an ordinary ring. It's not an ordinary ring. There's no freedom for you until you throw away the things. So I want you to check your life. If you've ever been to a native doctor before, been to a spiritualist before, check. Those things they gave you, did you really throw them away? Or did you just pack them in the bag and dump them somewhere? Or you forgot about them? Some you dug a ground, put it in the ground and cemented it and you forgot. You gave your life to Christ. You never bothered to go and dig the thing out again and re-cement the place again. So you need to get to do these things so that everything given to you by the devil must go. If you are keeping the property of the devil, then he's going to come for his property. Hello, somebody. There was a girl many years ago, Pastor David knows her, Every time we we'll do deliverance, pray for her. Deliverance, she will deliver, you know, she'll be delivered. And then there's one favorite speaker we used to have then. Yeah, this guy can preach. Praise God. His message is one and a half hours. <laughs> Praise God. And every time he will, he will stretch forth his hand, this lady will start manifesting. And so one day I called the lady. I said, what is wrong with you? How many years have we been praying for you? Tell me, what is that thing that belongs to the devil that you're holding? You are holding something. What is it? I said, today you must tell me. Otherwise, we will never pray for you again. So, after a while, she opened up and said, she's keeping one ring. I said, why did you keep it? He said, in case. I said, in case of what? She didn't say anything anymore. I understood what she meant. Maybe in case things, life becomes very tough. And uh, things didn't work out as we are promising that Jesus will take her. She can easily go back. And so because of their ring she's holding, they keep coming back to her life. You can never be totally free if you hold something that they are giving you. Now, some of these properties may be physical, but for some people who are involved in uh, marine spirit, you know that it may not be physical. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, it may not be physical. But even though it's not physical, they are still properties of the devil. So you've got to release them. Whether they are rings or necklaces or beads or whatever they are, Release them. Once you release them, they will live your life. Amen? Ecclesiastes chapter 10. I like to read verses 8 and 9. Ecclesiastes. The Bible says, whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be beaten by a snake. Whoever quarries stone may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. Why am I reading the scriptures to you? I am trying to explain to you, you are the only one who creates problems for yourself. Look at this scripture. The person who digs the pit is the one who will fall into it, right? So if you dig your own pit, you create problems for your own self. Hmm? But this is the major one I want you to see. It says, whoever breaks through a wall or breaks a hedge, a serpent will bite him. And the hedge, the wall of defense cannot be broken from outside. It can only be broken from inside. So if you shut the door, the devil can't open it from outside. You are the only one who can open the door. And how do you break the hedge? When you are holding his property, when you have not broken covenants with him, when you are not willing to serve Christ, and when you are not willing to obey God. So your acts of disobedience and your insincerity opens the door, puts a crack on the wall of defense around you, and that gives the serpent the opportunity to enter to bite. Who is the serpent? The devil. Acts of the Apostle chapter 19. I like to read verses 19 and 20. Acts 19, 19 and 20. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together 
and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Now, when a man repents, what is expected of him is to do what? Burn all the properties of the devil. Gather them together, all the charms, all the idols, denounce them, break the covenants with them, and burn them with fire. So these people who were magicians and secret artists, we call them, people who practice the secret arts, they were different orders and so on and so forth. They gathered all their secret books, their magical books, their occult books, their charms, their amulets. And then to show that they have renounced them, they set them on fire. They burnt them publicly. They surrendered. So if you surrender, you must destroy the property of the devil. That is the only way the devil will know that you mean business. That's the only way the devil will know that you are saying to him, I don't want you anymore. And he will live your life. Until you destroy the properties of the devil, the door is still open. So you must shut that door. Can somebody say, I will shut the door? Number four, possession of artifacts from evil altars unknown to you. Possession of artifacts from evil altars unknown to you. What do I mean by artifacts? I, there are some people who love art. I happen to be an artist. There are some people who love art. You know, there are paintings. You see a painting, you buy. You see some sculptors, you buy. You see some ancient artwork, you buy. You know, ancient Buddha or ancient monkey or ancient one. Ah, this is an old artwork. Uh, you know, must be very, very valuable. They say, ah, you know, it was made uh, 250 AD and all that. Say, ah, very old. How much? You pay. You carry, you put in your house. It's an artwork. You can tell the story behind the art piece. You can tell the story behind the artwork and all that stuff. Now, listen to me. Anything that was used to worship the devil and you, maybe years later, because they were discovered as relics, and they have now become special artifacts, expensive artifacts. You bring them to your house, you are bringing the devil to your house. Anything that was done to look like Satan or look like a spirit that was worshipped. Even in modern time, there are carvings that portray marine spirit. There are carvings that portray mummy water. You know what I mean by mummy water? The mermaid. Have you ever seen that sculpture piece that looks like this? Huh? I think it's like this. That is a sim symbolic of the mermaid. You buy them from the art shop. Somebody carve them and you bring them to your house. The spirit that goes with it, you are carrying it to your house. How many of you understand what I'm saying? There was a man that I'm very close to somewhere in Asia there. And he likes art. If you come to his house at that time, there were so many of them from India. Many of them from here, from there. And you could see demons all over. You could see that these things were actually depictions of spirits. Because that's the belief of the people. And so and he will tell you that this one was so-so-so king at so-so-so time who had this one. This was the chair he used to sit on. This was from this palace or that from that palace. And then they sold them because they had money at that time. So he bought them. And they were very precious to him. But he did not know that some of the oppression he suffered was as a result of these uh, spirits that followed those items to his house. Thank God, before I came, somebody had already hinted him, one pastor, one of their leaders, he didn't take it serious. I spoke on the same line. Another person came, spoke on the same line. About four different people came, spoke on the same line. Nobody discussed with them. They just tell him, look, these things are bringing spirits to your house. You need to cleanse your house by getting rid of them. There's no amount of prayer that will drive out those spirits. If you drive them, they will go and return because that is their seat. That is their house. And their property is in your house. So if you have the property of the devil, you have to do away with them. When my late auntie died sometime many years ago in Benin, I think that should be 1987, I, I took over the house. But I noticed something. There were some paintings. I have never liked those paintings. When you see those paintings, they are paintings of spirits. Spirits in the nighttime on top of the river. I have never liked them. They are not that expensive. They were very cheap paintings, but they always give me the impression they are, you know, these are water spirits. And so there were some other art things. So the first thing I did was to gather those things and burn them. And it was one of the things that I did that brought deliverance to the house and brought peace to the house. It's very important. You need to get rid of some things that are not right. Many years ago, I watched a movie of one uh, little uh, art piece. It's a sculpture from Africa that was taken to Europe. And the thing was killing people in the house. I don't know how many of you watched this thing. Eh? What? Uh, not a raco. That one's not a raco. This one is a, a little doll. It's like, it looks like a doll. Eh? 
Chucky. Thank you very much. It's called Chucky. Eh? In the night, the thing will come alive and will go and kill. And then in the daytime, it will become ordinary sculpture. Now you will say, oh, it's just a movie. Somebody who has spiritual eyes acted that thing. Now you need to understand that these things do happen sometimes. Some of these things you carry, they carry spirits. It was taken from one, some only God knows what shrine they collected it from. And then they sold it as an art piece. And then the thing began to do some magical thing stuff. So you don't know what spirit that you are carrying. I remember a man, I read reading about one man who was having some serious oppression, physical oppression in his life. The thing was affecting marriage, affecting business. He was a rich man. And then he invited one man to pray. And the man told him, this art piece you have in that yard, where did you get it from? He told him, he said, get rid of it and your problem will be solved. It was difficult because it was very expensive. But he had to do it with it. And the moment the thing left his house, his problem ceased. There's no amount of prayer that will drive away these things except you get rid of the things that open the door. That's why I call them spiritual doorways. Amen, somebody. So get rid of the property of the devil and you shall be free. I don't know you, you know yourself. Are you possessing any of them? Get rid of them. Now let me read two scriptures for you. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 25 and verse 26. Verses 25 and 26. The images of their gods you are to burn in the fire. Do not cover the silver and gold on them. And do not take it for yourselves. For you will be ensnared by it. For it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do not bring a detestable thing into your house. Or you, like it, will be set apart for destruction. Did you, did you hear that? Are you with me? Okay, let's read that verse again. Verse 26. Do not bring a detestable thing into your house. Or you, like it, will be set apart for destruction. Utterly abhor and detested, for it is set apart for destruction. So what is set apart for destruction, don't bring into your house or you'll be destroyed along with it. Now note, in this passage we are told how to deal with them. How? You burn them with fire. When the people made a golden calf, how did Moses destroy it? He burnt it with fire. It's always with fire. Burn them with fire. Even though some of them may not burn properly, see, set them on fire. Joshua chapter 6 verse 18. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Those things that God said you shouldn't go near, those idolatrous materials, don't touch them. Don't bring them into your life, into your home, into your shop, into your business place, or you will pay a price. Number five. Another spiritual doorway is pornographic or demonized books magazines and DVDs. Pornographic or demonized books, magazines. Are you with me? Are you sure you're with me? How many of you know what pornography is all about? Of course you know. The one they call blue film, right? Uh -huh. The books, the magazines, the DVDs. They bring demons to your life and your home. One young man was always complaining of suffering from wet dreams. You know what I mean by wet dreams? Always having sex in the dream. He gave his life to Christ, so he stopped watching those DVDs. He stopped all those things. He packed them, put them in a carton, and put under his bed. But the oppression continued. The oppression did what? Continued. He wasn't watching them anymore. He wasn't viewing them anymore, but the thing kept happening. Until one day, he, he was so tired and so frustrated. So as he was praying, they were praying for him. God revealed to him. He said, those things, where did you put them? Did you destroy them? He said, no. He said, they're under his bed. He said, go and destroy them and your problem will end. So he gathered them and set them on fire and burnt them. After he burnt them, no more those dreams. It ended. They carry evil spirits. Just like a Christian will write a book. What will he do with the book? He will dedicate it to God. Of course, the devil will be invited to make the thing prosper. Eh? If you produce something that is of the devil, will, is it, will the devil not anoint it? He will anoint it with his own negative anointing. And if you produce something that is of God, will God not anoint it? Yes, God will anoint it so it will succeed. So you need to be aware of all these things. It is for your good. I want you to stay away from them. Thank God for internet is available on your phone. Be very careful. Nobody sees you, but demons are being invited into your life. There was a young man in one church in Malaysia 
The first time I met him, the guy was really, you could see his life was messed up. He was under torment. And what was it? Pornography. The thing has taken hold of him. The spirits have entered into him. He was behaving strangely. He was behaving strangely. Once you lay hands, he will start manifesting, you know, but the freedom wasn't there. He couldn't be free because he has given himself so much to it that the spirits have taken hold of him. This last trip that I made, there was one Nigerian brother who came out and said he needed prayer from this same problem. The moment you just touch him, he's manifesting already. But you, you say, ah, how did it, it's just pornography, it's just watching, it's not just watching. There are spirits that walk with these things. So free yourself, free yourself, free yourself. Don't get yourself bound to wrong things. I know they are free. I know sometimes they send it to your, as junk mail, and you click and they open, and then you are fascinated. You start to view. By the time you view today, you go back again and view tomorrow. And then you view again and view again, and then you get stuck. And then you start having all kinds of dreams. And then you cannot remove your eyes from the opposite sex. And before you know what's happening, you are no longer yourself. You don't know what's wrong with your life anymore. Please, brothers and sisters, I need you to stay away from such things. There are books that can demonize you. It's not every book you read. I remember our leader in the, when I was in the charismatic renewal, uh, Cosmos, our leader, told us, he said he got demonized through reading books. Just reading books. Demons entered into his life. He was so full of devils by reading books. He was a reader, and up to now he's still a reader. That guy has read thousands and thousands and thousands of Christian books. I don't have the grace to read like him, but he reads. So he loves reading. He enjoys reading, and he read all kinds of books and got demons inside of him. He was filled with devils through reading books. It's not every book you read, because not every book is free. Not every book has the Holy Spirit working with it. Are you aware of what I'm saying? And so please, if you want to close spiritual doorways, stay away from pornography, stay away from demonized books, stay away from books that do not promote Christianity, that promotes other religions, so that you don't get yourself captured by the spirits to whom that book has been dedicated. Number six, evil altars and shrines set up for the worship of the devil must be renounced and pulled down and destroyed. Evil altars and shrines set up for the worship of the devil must be renounced, pulled down, and destroyed. Very important. For a man to be completely free, he must destroy what he has set up or what his ancestors have set up for the devil. As long as, long as you have the means of doing that and you have what it takes, you need to pull it down. It's not only the one you set up. Gideon was asked to pull down the one his own father, his own community set up. And the man was afraid of his community, so he decided to do it in the night time. Amen? He took some young men, and then they did it in the night time. Pulled it down. In the morning, everybody was looking for who pulled down the altar of Baal. And they said, it's Gideon. They went to Gideon's house. Say, uh, uh, Baba Gideon, bring out your son. Your son destroyed our God. He must die. And the man said, are you God? Are you Baal? If Baal is God, let him fight for himself. Uh, he's able to defend himself. Somebody destroy his altar. Will you not go and fight him? Why are you going to fight for God? Let God fight for himself. And they left him. And so you need to understand that altars must be pulled down. God has sent an angel to introduce the work he wants to do through him for Israel. And the man finally has been convinced that that man was an angel that came. And he was willing to do the work. But God said, before I get started with you, the first thing you need to do is to pull down that altar. Until that altar is pulled down, you are not free. You are not free. You see, remember that our young pastor with us that time? Who went to do deliverance for somebody? You remember how they struck him? Why? Because himself has not cleaned up his own foundation. You've got to deal with your own foundation before you get started. There was another young brother who was so zealous, full of zeal, came along. He saw that we do deliverance. That was when I was in the campus. And then he joined us. After that day, he had a very terrible experience. They visited him in the night. <laughs> you came to look for us. <laughs> so the young man became scared. He didn't even want to come to church anymore. Not to talk of come and do deliverance. So when I went to look for him, he was telling me, who am I that the queen of the coast came to see me? I said, I don't know. You tell me. Who are you? <laughs> what connection do you have with her? So we had to, serious deliverance was not a small show. The guy, the spirits inside him were tough. 
Serious manifestation. But God set him free. And today he's serving the Lord. Amen, somebody. So what am I trying to say? God wants to spare you many, many nights of tears. You need to deal with the foundations. If there are altars, pull them down. If there are shrines, destroy them. Even though you are not the one who set them up, but you, have, you are in the capacity, of, sorry, in the position to destroy them, please do destroy them. Numbers 33. I like to read verse 52 to 56. Drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their carved images. Are you hearing that? That means it is not the Jews who set them up, but the people who were in the land before them set them up, just like your ancestors may have set them up. Your ancestors may have set them up, but God said, uh, destroy all their carved images and their cast idols and demolish all their high places. Take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given you the land to possess. Distribute the land by lot according to your clans. To a larger group, give a larger inheritance, and to a smaller group, a smaller one. Whatever falls to them by lot will be theirs. Distribute it according to your ancestral tribes. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become babs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. They will give you trouble in the land where you will live. And then I will do to you what I plan to do to them. So God said, you must destroy them. You must not uh, claim their altars and their shrines. Don't claim what your fathers worship. Don't claim what your community worship. You have to throw them down. You have to destroy them, not to take them. So it's very important. Altars must be pulled down. For the altar of God in your heart to stand. For you to be free to worship God. You need to close that spiritual doorway. Now, Judges chapter 6. I like to read from verses 25 to 27. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Bea that thy father had, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the other place. And take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the, wo with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day that he did it by night. But he did it anyway. Are you hearing me? Don't allow fear to stop you. The man was afraid, so instead of doing it day daytime, he did it at night time. But he did it anyway. There are altars you must destroy. Once you destroy it, the entrance point is shut. And once the devil is shut out, you are free. Amen? Now the last one is evil characters. Evil characters. These are spiritual, negative spiritual doorways also that keeps attracting the devil. Evil characters and habits must be overcome for the devil to be far from you. The greatest and most subtle spiritual doorway is evil character. One has developed by the help of those demons that were in one's life. If there were demons in your life before, definitely they will help you develop characters to enable you to serve the devil, to enable you to swim in sin, and then they will also use it against you when you finally decide to be free. They will use it to keep pulling you down so they can keep regaining their position in your life. And so the devil, knowing your weaknesses, always take advantage of your weaknesses. And you need to understand that. So if you want to be free apart from doing all these things, destroying the property of the devil, breaking covenants, breaking curses, pulling down altars and all that, you must deal with evil character. You must strive to overcome. You must resist the temptation to continue to live in sin. Is someone hearing what I am saying? I am not joking, no. Because I've prayed for people several times, and I don't think it's supposed to be that way. That's why some pastors don't even bother doing deliverance, because they say if you do it today, you will keep doing it again for the same person over and over and over until you become tired yourself. And why is this so? Because the people are not changing their lifestyles. Now, in Luke chapter 17, verse 37, Luke 17, 37, Jesus said, Where, Lord, where, Lord, they asked. He replied, 
where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. The Lord said, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Are you aware of that? You don't need to send any announcement. You don't need to blow a trumpet. I don't know how they used to see dead body. But before you know what's happening, all the vultures are gathered. What does that mean? It simply means where there is sin, demons will always come. Someone who is fornicating and he wants to be free can never be free. Demons will always come. The one who is always lying, demons will always come. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. Say, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with all, with his passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. If you belong to him, the sinful nature is dead already. So if it's not manifesting, then it is your duty to make it manifest. It is your duty to make sure that you live a crucified life. That you prove that your sinful nature is already dead. In other words, you have to die to flesh. Even though you're already dead to flesh according to scripture, but you've got to make it manifest. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I like to read verses 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. He said, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So God says, if you stay away from unclean things, then I can be your father. That means if I continue to touch unclean things and play with things that are not clean, how does God be my father? How does he defend me? How does he fight for me? So when you are doing those things that are not right, you are manifesting evil character and habit, you are making it extremely difficult for God to help you, to father you, protect you, provide for you as he would have loved to. Colossians chapter 3. I like to read from verses 12 through to 17. Therefore, as God's choosing people holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves with compassion. That's the character God wants you to have. He said, clothe yourselves with compassion. Put it on. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ephesians chapter 4. I'd like again to read from verse 25 through to 32. Ephesians 4, 25 to 32. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Put off falsehood, no lies, no deception. And speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not, be, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must walk doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that he may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God, Christ, in, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, I want to quickly, from the passages we have read, itemize some of the things that you need to work on. Major evil characters that must be given attention and overcome. The major, it's not all, but the major ones. Major evil characters that must be given attention and overcome for freedom to be permanent. If you want to experience permanent freedom. One, anger and rage. Anger and rage. You know what rage is? The senior brother to anger. 
When you become angry with shouting and raging and shouting, you become violent. Anger and rage, they will be begging you, you know they hear. When you start talking, you cannot stop. Anger and rage. If you are manifesting it, I tell you, the demons will always return. Did you hear what I said? So if you want to close this negative spiritual door, you must shut out anger, overcome it. Jesus is already in your life. The Bible says you're already dead to the flesh. You have been crucified with Christ. So if you have been crucified with Christ, then you've got also to believe and then make it manifest. Two, bitterness and resentment. That's what we call unforgiveness. Bitterness and resentment. You're bitter with someone for what he has done. You are not willing to forgive that person. You resent the person. You don't like the person anymore. You start disliking the person as a result of the fact that you are angry. You are unforgiving. The Bible says, be angry, don't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. So anger gives opportunity to the devil. It opens the door for the devil. Three, quarreling. You can't be quarreling and expect the demons not to return to your life. Amen? Little thing, you quarrel, 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 you nag, 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 nag. And you expect you to be free, you are joking. That's why I say it's the most subtle of all the spiritual doorways. You need to shut them out. Then hatred. The Bible says anybody who hates his brother is a murderer. So if you are a murderer, don't you think there will be an evil spirit in you? You can't hate someone except the devil hates you. So hatred opens the door for the devil. I remember a young lady that I prayed for because there was this lady that she was made, made by the devil to hate before her deliverance, before her salvation. So I just don't know what happened. I don't know what she heard. After deliverance, she just hated the woman. She was so angry, the spirits came back again to her. I said, what happened? Immediately, I, God, Holy Spirit was gracious. He made me understand what went wrong. I said, but I have spoken to you about these things before. You need to deal with them so you can be free. Number five, gossiping and backbiting. These are major evil characters that open the door for the devil. And if you want to be free, you've got to deal with them. You know what gossiping is? Telling stories about people. Carrying tales about people. Backbiting. Eh? That's another way of saying you bite somebody behind his back. You are spoiling the person's name behind his back. You will say things about the person you cannot see in the presence of the person. If you are doing that, devils will always be attracted to you. Number six, slander and bad-mouthing people. To slander is to damage another person's name. To speak evil about somebody with the purpose of discrediting the person. You run the person down with your mouth. You bad-mouth the person. You can't be doing that, hurting another person, and expect evil spirits not to come to your life. So if you want to stay free, you've got to deal with them overcome them. That's why I say deliverance is a continuous uh, process. Because overcoming them is a big challenge. And some of us feel, ah, pastor, with what you are saying now, how can somebody ever be free? You can be free. Jesus already set you free. Did the Bible not say he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness? Didn't he say that he has delivered us from the power of sin? That sin does not have dominion over us. You are free. It's just a question of you making up your mind to step in and take your place and refuse to manifest the old nature and manifest the new life. Number seven, fault finding and wrong criticism. There are those who are always finding fault to people. And when you find fault, you will quarrel. When you find fault, you will badmouth the person. You always wrong criti criticizing people wrongly. Your criticisms are never, are never you know, uh, will I say corrective or, or uh, progressive in any way. It's just to bring down, bring down, bring down. If they do it, you always find one negative fault. If you look for fault, you will see many. That is not a good life. It is a devil pushing you to do that. And if you want that devil to live your life, then you must stop the character also. So what do we do? We drive out the spirits and then we discipline ourselves. Then the spirit will stay away from you. Number nine, always in the habit of cursing and swearing. Am I talking about somebody here? Always in the habit of cursing and swearing. You will curse, you will swear. God will punish you. This one will do this. That one will do this. You know, you will swear, if I ever did it, let this happen. And if it, it will never be well with you. All those kind of things always attract devils. Because the devil is always swearing also. Always cursing. Always cursing. God blesses. And you, you also need to learn to bless. Then negative thinking and talking. 
It gives you a way to the devil. Negative thinking makes you not operate in faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Negative thinking makes you not to do what? Operate in faith. It makes you to reduce the quality of God's word. It blocks your mind from believing in the truth that you have received. And if you talk negatively, you give yourself away to the devil. He said, the Bible said, thou shalt have that which thou have spoken. So when you say it, you will have it. God said, that which I have heard you say to my hearing, that will I do. Number 11, fear. Everybody say fear. And the Bible told us fear is of the devil. It doesn't come from God. And somebody say fear is a forerunner of the devil. He put it this way. Fear is the policeman of the devil. And once fear arrests you, you are finished. So fear goes before destruction in a way. Because the very thing which you fear will eventually come your way. So please fight fear. Fill your mind with the word of God. The Bible tells us not to fear. It says fear not, fear not, fear not. But rather I say have faith. Tell your neighbor have faith. Number 12. Another evil character you must deal with is unbelief of the word of God. Unbelief of the word of God. Or doubt. Unbelief and doubt must be eliminated. If you are a doubter, you can be free. If you don't believe that God will set you free, you can be free. You know, this oppression enters into a man's brain to the level where he never sees himself as free. Even when the devil has left him, he's still afraid looking for the devil. How many of you know that if there is a foul smell here now, five minutes after the smell has dispersed, the thing is still smelling. If you leave this place and go outside, you will still be perceiving. It will look as if you are perceiving the odor. But there is no foul odor anymore. The thing has entered the brain. It has registered. So from the brain. So that's how it is also. Even when the person is delivered, he still feels, he still bad. One man had no arms because he was having an infection. And so to save his life, they have to cut it off. The thing has healed and there is no pain. But after some time, he will say, my hand is paining me. He didn't say the, the places. He said, my hand. There's no hand. But he said, the hand is paining him. So the man said, but there's no hand. The hand is not there anymore. He said, the hand is paining. So where is the pain coming from? It's locked up in the brain. Don't enter your head. So there are some people that the suffering, the oppression they have suffered has entered into them that even when they are delivered, they can't see themselves to believe that they are delivered. And that becomes another problem. So you need to fight it and you need to believe because only by faith can we overcome the devil. Do you agree with me? If you do agree, say amen. amen. And finally, disobedience to the instructions and commandments of God. Disobedience to the instructions and commandments of God opens the door for the devil. I remember some time ago telling you that disobedience is the root of all oppression. Is the root of all oppression. If you don't disobey God, God will fight for you. And if a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So what do you do? Obey God. No matter how difficult it may appear before you, obey him. Obey him. Write down this scripture, and I close with this. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the dominion, from the power of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness and sins. You and I have been delivered. We are not bound anymore. Hmm? So it is our duty to claim it, appropriate it, secure that deliverance. And the only way to secure is to do what? Close every negative spiritual door. I have showed it to you. Have I not? Can you do it? Yes, you can. Do you have the ability? Yes. Do you have the strength? Yes. Yesterday we were told that we already have the power of God. So by the power of God within you, you can. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit is not there so that you can speak in tongues only. It's there to energize you so you can overcome. If you will deal with these negative characters and other things which I spoke about, I assure you, the devil will never gain entrance to your life in Jesus' name. Your blessings will be permanent. Rise to your feet. Open your mouth and pray and say, God, Every spiritual doorway through which the devil enters into my life, help me to shut it. Help me to close the door. If there is a covenant that I need to address, show it to me. If there is a curse I need to address, show it to me. If there is an altar that I need to pull down, show it to me. 
if there is something that I need to deal with that I've not dealt with, show it to me. If my problem is just my character, Lord, give me strength. Help me to overcome. Today, I want to be free. I want to stay free. Help me to overcome in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. The devil will leave you alone. You may sing in the choir, but you know you have problems. You may even be carrying this preaching like I'm preaching now, but you, may know, you know you have problems. You'll be asking yourself, how come? How can that be? How is it possible for somebody who, who, who has gotten to this level to be having this kind of experience? And that's why I'm telling you, you need to do these things. You do it and you shall be free. Open your mouth, pray that prayer, and I will pray for you and we'll close the service. Show me what things I need to deal with. Is there a covenant, a specific covenant I need to deal with? Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me, Lord. Show it to me. Do I have any property of the devil in my house from my past that I need to give up? Lord, help me. Help me to overcome the evil characters and habits in my life so that the devil will stop coming back to me. I want to be free. Devil, I don't want you again in my life. That oppression must stop. That torment must stop. That pain must stop. I have suffered enough in the hands of the devil. I don't want to continue anymore. Lord, help me. Help me. I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want to suffer anymore. I want to be permanently free. I want to keep advancing. I want to keep moving up. I want to keep moving up. I don't want a reoccurrence of these things anymore. Lord, help me. Le ridemana suziente brobobola babomba luce precalos que de brohotea. Father, by your spirit, liberate your people this morning. Say, Lord, help me close every spiritual doorway. Help me, Lord, to close every spiritual doorway. I shut the devil out of my life. Declare it. I shut the devil out of my life. I shut the devil out of my life. I close the door through which he has been getting entrance into my life. I close the door. I close the door. Every door through which the devil has been gaining entrance into my life, I shut it. I shut it. Whether they be ancestral doors, whether they be any kind of door, I shut them. I shut them. That evil character, I reject you. I rebuke you. I shut the door. I shut the devil out. I shut the devil out. No more lying. No more anger. No more fornication. No more immorality. No more lesbianism. No more homosexuality. I shut the devil out. Fornication opens the door for the devil. You can't be a lesbian or practice, you know, masturbation and not have spirits attracted to you. You can't practice any form of immorality and not have spirits attracted to you. You can't be cheating on your spouse and not have evil spirits attracted to you. Say, Lord, I don't want to do any of these evil things. Help me, Lord. Devil, you are not welcome in me. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not welcome. You are not welcome. You are not welcome. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you for your word that never fails. I pray for your church today by the power of your spirit. Show us favor and kindness. The devil has made a mess of our lives in time past. We don't want that to continue. This program was designed to bring an end to oppressions of the devil so we can continually, all the days of our lives, move up. And I pray that, Father, whatsoever be the oppressions of the devil in these lives be terminated today in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever spiritual doorways, negative doorways that are open in your life, I command them closed in Jesus' name. Amen. I command them closed in Jesus' name. Every weakness in your life, I command that you walk over them. You will become victorious in those areas in Jesus' name. That sinful habit that keeps opening the door for the devil, I say from today you have the upper hand. 
That sin will no longer reign. That weakness will no longer dominate your life. I declare you free. I declare you free. According to scripture, you are delivered. You are delivered. You are delivered. You are delivered. And you shall remain delivered in the name of Jesus. I shut the devil out of your life. And I pray that God will help you deal with the things you need to deal with. Which no man else can help you deal with. In Jesus' mighty name. You are free. You are free. You are free. Jesus set you free and you shall remain free. The devil will no longer have the upper hand in your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can somebody say power has changed hands? Say I have the upper hand. Declare it I have the upper hand. One more time I have the upper hand. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Welcome to the teaching ministry of God's servants, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi is the president of Jesus Family Outreach, senior and founding pastor of Jesus Family Fellowship in Nigeria, editor and publisher of Success Info, Bible News and Relationships. His teachings are simple, sound, and easy to understand. I believe you will love what you will hear and be edified in the process. Happy listening. I believe you have enjoyed the teaching of God's servant, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. For further information, please contact us at pastor at jfoutreach.org or call 0805-247-2923, 0805-6066-186. Visit our website at www.jfoutreach.org. Come worship with us every Sunday by 8 a.m. at Jesus Family Fellowship, 20B Bayawemimo Street, off Olomowewe Bus Stop, off Ishari Oshu Road, Ikotun, Lagos.